0: We've got an ARM box, an Xbox box, and another box that is broken. Let's talk about them. Happy Saturday, friends. If you're an astute observer, you might notice something a little different behind the ball of paper here. I promise you, I'm not making this up. I can't open photos on uh, this PC, so I had to set the background to the thing and i can't zoom in and every time i try to open the photos app it it doesn't work it says please go to the store to try to update your app and then i go to the store and it says there has been a problem see more details for whatever Uh, just another day in paradise where and this is the the shipping version of windows 11 this is the og the original version and i can't open photos Today, anyways, happy. Uh, well, it's Saturday morning, and uh, family's home. Everybody's good. Hopefully, you're good. Aside from my little photos, the babble here. It's uh, it's been a good week. Been a good week, and there was a lot of news. We had Microsoft Build. We're not gonna talk about everything at Build, but there's a couple things that are worth diving into. There's a an Xbox Keystone stuff. So let's just dive in to the technos uh, anyway so microsoft has finalized windows 11 version 22 h2 as 22621 that is a build number that just rolls right off the tongue sometimes they go to like nice round numbers like a like 22 600 or 22700 700 uh, for for these numbers but uh, they're not doing that here so anyways that build is now done so if you are an application application developer you should really start testing on this build that way you can see if your stuff is stable and and kind of just deal with everything that microsoft has included and or removed from this build so the question becomes now is when does this ship i'm still expecting sometime this fall but microsoft has already proven that they don't really follow what they had done historically so here we are uh, 22621 uh, is 22H2, which means that is signed, sealed, and delivered. And so um, there you go. Uh, Microsoft has are bringing uh, the Windows Spotlight wallpapers to the desktop. This has been one of those sort of things that we kind of expected for a really long time. So if you're not familiar with this, if you when you log in or you open up your laptop, for as an example, you see a wallpaper and it changes and it it rotates and stuff. And it's kind of nice. Like you get a different image. You get it, it's a little surprise every time you open your lid. And now they're bringing that to the desktop as a dynamic quote-unquote dynamic wallpaper which is great I mean it's obviously optional you don't have to use this it's just kind of wondering why it took so long either way my only real complaint about this uh is that the images are kind of low res like on a 4k display it definitely kind of you can tell that it's been crammed down and it's not a super high res image and for somebody who's really kind of picky about the wallpapers that he puts on his thing aside from this which one looks terrible today because I can't can't adjust it because I can't open photos of this thing. Uh, it, like, give us the full K, I, I know why they don't, they can't give us a full K uncompressed because, you know, bandwidth and we're going to screw everything up. So either way, it's low res, if, if it doesn't bother you, it's a great feature, if it does bother you, then just continue to doing what you're doing. Uh, the Surface Laptop Studio, which I'm a heavy user of, this is a great laptop, I've really been happy with it, is now finally getting dynamic refresh rate support. So if that makes sense to you, or if you have one of those devices, that's now available through a software update. Uh, There was also an internal email that came out that talked about the hiring practices inside of Microsoft. Now, this isn't company-wide, but inside of Windows, Office, and Teams, Microsoft has said, hey, uh, Rajesh, who leads the group, said, hey, uh, we're not hiring everybody, anybody anymore, not everybody, but anybody anymore. And if you need a new hire, it's got to be personally approved by either him or somebody on directly on his team. And so that is a really big deal because many people, myself included, believe we are headed towards a, a, an economy, well, a lot tighter than what we've seen sort of this explosive growth for the past couple years because of very low interest rates. Money was very easy to obtain. And so I am fully expecting the economy is going to slow down. Microsoft is very, very clearly starting to See this and think this as well now this like i said this doesn't mean the entire company is, is halting hiring practices but the fact that windows office and teams that's a that's a large chunk of the org and you've gotta you've gotta bet that the entire company is looking at their hiring right now because headcount is very expensive and so adding more people into the mega org is just going to lower those margins. And we all know how Microsoft loves to talk about their margins. And Wall Street loves their margins. And so it's just, I think this is just a sign of the times that the boom is over. And I don't, I don't, I don't personally think we're heading towards like a mega bust. But we're definitely heading toward a period of uh, more sane valuations, if you will. And so actually, for those who pay really close attention Substack, who is an email newsletter had $9 million in revenue and they were trying to raise it was like $100 million on that. And it was like they finally, you can tell the market's closing because previously people were like just splashing money at that. But now apparently they gave up on their rent. That is a complete different side okay moving on to build after i had a little cutsy there because the water heater kicked out because again the family's home either way uh let's talk about microsoft build here for a second because there was a lot of stuff that came up a lot of it's really developer focused and that's fine that's what microsoft build is but there was one thing that really stuck out really stuck out to me and that is Volterra. Now, if you're listening to this, you're probably already familiar with this. This is the ARM box. It's stackable. It's rackable. It's designed for developers. It's not supposed to be an M1, like Mac mini type device or something like that. I mean, that's not how they're positioning. And this is built directly by the teams at Microsoft. This is a Microsoft-driven product, if, if you will. So there's there's, a, there's like three things that are really fascinating about this. First off, and we'll get to the, the why at the end. The First off, what's in the box like what's microsoft was pretty coy uh and they just said look this is an arm development box and it's great and you run visual studio natively on it like it's, like that's kind of a big deal kind of a big deal in some regards but they didn't talk about what's powering the box and so i uh, there's been a lot of people just saying well it's just a snapdragon 8cx i don't think that's the case actually um i think it is something that hasn't been announced yet and we'll get more information about that later uh when this thing gets closer to shipping so keep that in mind that it's, I believe, an unannounced CPU uh, running this thing. Not not exactly sure what it is yet, uh, but I don't. It, okay, let's just logically think through it. Like We know that Microsoft has the, the Surface Pro X line and they have their SQ chips that Microsoft has promoted in-house, right? And so I would expect that it's probably something along that same line, right, that makes the most logical sense. But I don't believe it's just a, here's the Snapdragon 8cx that we already have today and they just ripped it up and dropped it. There might be some tweaking or some customization, uh, but we'll probably find out more of those specs later. Second thing is, who is this box for? Right, who is this box for? So, uh, the why. why. Why is Microsoft building this box? What do we? Why does Microsoft need a desktop ARM box? Well, I, there's a couple, like, logical thoughts. One, if Microsoft doesn't build this thing, who, who is going to build it? Like, I don't I don't know if an HP or a Dell, unless they're contracted by Microsoft to do this, are going to, like, start shipping these things. So if Microsoft wants developers to take ARM and really work on their AI chops, they have got to lead the charge with this. I mean, that's, that's sort of the deal at this point, because Microsoft has been working on Windows on ARM since 2012, sometimes some years harder than other years, but it's, it's a product that needs to exist for Microsoft. Microsoft's long term. Now, I think it's incredibly foolish for somebody to for Microsoft and Qualcomm to chase Apple. They are playing a completely different game. It just it's a different game. When you own this when you own the hardware stack, you own the software stack, and you don't allow third parties to build on that hardware or software, uh, meaning develop it. It's a lot easier of a game to optimize and be really narrow and targeted on exactly one specific scenario. Microsoft doesn't play that game, they play on the here's a chip that runs everything. And the the drawback there is that the performance will never, they they will have a very tough time trying to chase Apple. And I think that's a foolish game to chase because they are a different company targeting a different market with a different product at this point. Either way. So who is this box for? This is for, the way that Microsoft describes it is they're really pushing these, and this kind of leads into the third tentacle here, these NPUs, these neural processing units. Microsoft is making a big bet that these AI processing chips are sort of the next GPU slot card in thing if you will. Now, my personal belief here, and this is not a far stretch by any imagination, is Microsoft wants to take these NPUs and they're going to be slapping them in their data center, right? If they can get a developer to build locally for them, they know that they will scale up, or I should say they probably likely design them so that they can scale up and fit in their data centers and they would have a competitive advantage where you can develop locally for them with that actual NPU and then scale it up to your cloud for your neural nets and everything else in the world. That is what I actually think the reason is Microsoft built this. Not to be the next, okay, everybody in, in 2027 is going to be I, buying ARM desktop PCs. I personally do not think that is the future of where Microsoft is headed with the ARM. It's designed for products that live at the edge of a network. It's designed for things for more specific compute scenarios rather than our consumer general purpose computing units. Consumer or computing, I should say, if I could find the right word. So the, the why is... These are, these are going to be specialized machines living inside the Microsoft ecosystem with their with their AI capabilities. But the, the funny thing about that NPU though is, like Qualcomm's already had this on their phones. They talk about it with their photos and everything else. Either way, but now this is a desktop cla- desktop class targeted product, and so I think that's a, that's. Why it exists? Why did Microsoft have to build it? I think because Microsoft is the only one that that would, that would do this at the end of the day. I don't think they could really convince anyone else unless they're chunking some cash. So it's a really interesting product. I, I, again, it's not something for me, but, uh, Raphael, friend of, just a friend in general, uh, tweeted out that he bought two of them and he's like the type of person that I think is the target demographic to be able to play with these things and then understand you know the target demographics are better than say um, your mom or dad who needs a Windows box. Like let's get them an ARM machine. Like I don't, eh, I'm not, I'm not sold on that yet. So uh, just keep that in mind. So what's in the box? There you go. Uh, Android apps on and Windows 11 are coming to five more countries. If that makes you excited, you can. You're good for you. Uh, developers will also be able to soon build custom widgets for Windows 11. This also came out of build. This is good. I. Again, I, I, I pull it back just a little bit, I'm trying to decide like what types of widgets are going to make the most sense and how, f- how rich and complex can these widgets be. As an example, can you create a Twitter widget where you open it up, type your junk, to hit send Tweety, and then it goes off into the universe? Is that going to be something that's possible? Can you make a Teams widget? Microsoft sort of teased a Teams widget where you'd be able to respond to things. I think they, one, I'm very happy that Microsoft is opening this up. I'd much rather it be open than a closed environment. Two, I I don't think this is the next great playground, the next great app store, but we'll see. I hope that I am pleasantly surprised. I think weather, stock, and news is the primary reason you would have this widget world. Again, on tablets and handheld devices, I think it makes a lot more sense than, say, a uh, desktop-style device. So, just something to keep your eyes on. Uh, other things that are happening in the industry that are just at least worth bringing up real quick. Broadcom is acquiring VMware for 61 billion. If you're any if you're familiar with how Broadcom typically does acquisitions, they love to take the little nurtured egg and no matter what it is and then squeeze every last dollar out of it and not put a lot into R&D. Um, we'll we'll see. I wish everybody at VMware good luck, but if you read any of the forums like they bought when did they buy Symantec and and it broadcom is typically just not a great company if you get acquired by them that is typically how uh, it has been gone down historically and then also we finally got our first peak at zen 4 which is the next amd platform the 7000 series so far it looks good but again grain of salt this is all coming directly from amd it's a lot of their marketing material until we get chips in hand and we're, we're able to really dig into uh the full kit and caboodle Uh, It looks good, though. It looks good. I'm always happy competition. It really looks like these past, I don't know, 18 months or so, the chipsets that we have been able to see, like you look at the Intel 12th gen, you look at the Zen 4 stuff, like we're really starting to see big jumps in performance, not these little minuscule gaps that had been happening previously. So, uh on to the gaming news, which is always fun. So Sony uh aims to ship nearly fifty percent of its PC of its games on PC and mobile by 2025. This is not surprising at all. Microsoft has been known to do this and Sony's realizing it's like, hey, it's one, it's not a significant uplift to bring a game to a console and a PC anymore. You know, many years ago that was a whole different conversation, but today it's not not nearly as difficult two they're realizing that like hey i personally bet that they see that there's not a ton of overlap between some of their console gamers and their pc gamers and they're just getting a lot more sales uh, for their efforts and given how much money is invested these days to build top tier games this is not surprising companies the 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 idea of you can invest a few million dollars or ten million dollars and get a console exclusive like that that narrative is gone it's hundreds of millions of dollars these days sometimes and you've got to be able to you've got to be able to bet on more than just one singular platform so uh, anyways uh, AMD speaking of them by the way says you also may need a new SSD if you want to take care or if you want to make use of smart access storage they actually came out and said some like like Gen 4 and even some Gen 5 drives do not support the this functionality it's a very specific feature set that it must have and so if you're looking to make take advantage of smart access storage on your desktop pc just keep just keep in mind that you might need a new drive which is whatever um, for better or for worse at least you know now uh, also Xbox Keystone we've known about this name and several months ago when it first leaked I said hey I bet this is the streaming puck because it's the Keystone it's the last piece of the narrative that Microsoft needs to ship and this week and they confirmed to Windows Central to my buddy Jess that yeah Keystone actually that is exactly what it is it's their streaming puck like device now more specifically Microsoft confirmed that the device that they were building is not the one they're going to end up shipping, that that they are pivoting away from the current iteration of the Keystone device. So the little box, there was a mock-up by 4chan um, that just showed, really, it's just a small white box with an HDMI, a USB-C, and Ethernet, and that was the streaming device. But Microsoft has very clearly looked at their streaming hardware and said, maybe this isn't it. And I here's my kind of gut to this is... So the ideal user is someone who doesn't have an Apple TV or a Chromecast, but likely has a smart TV and also wants to play games. I bet this is kind of I bet that they realize that by including the application directly onto the TV, like we all expect that they're going to do with Samsung. I mean, Microsoft has said that they're working on this, so it's not you know I'm not like jumping off a crazy ledge here they want it on the tvs natively i bet that they have potentially realized that it's maybe either cheaper or easier to either get tvs that have this functionality built in with included hardware out of the box is cheaper than trying to ship these things or that just the software solution alone is good enough we will see we'll see where microsoft ends up but they're pivoting away but they're not giving up on the idea it was just their current hardware iteration um, they're moving away from, which is important because Microsoft said they were working on it. So now we're a little bit in flux, but at least we know that Xbox Keystone is that device that's going to magically enable Xbox Cloud Gaming in your living room. And finally, in the gaming news this week, which I haven't played yet, but I'm going to get downloaded this weekend, is Top Gun Maverick, the free expansion for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Go be Goose, go be Maverick, go be Iceman. Actually, I don't even know if you can be those people, but either way, uh, those landing challenges are now available for Flight Sim, and that is a, like the crossover I didn't i, I need it in my life but here we are super happy that it does exist so uh on to uh, the questions of the week as always i promise you my favorite part an old MEGA user says now that the service pro 8 has the same form factor as the service pro x do you use the pro x at all anymore i do not nope i mean it, i can't think of a justifiable reason to use the pro x i mean the pro 8 is quite literally right here i use this thing frequently um i what what would the benefit of the pro x was the form factor the slim svelte form factor that was like the, that was it now you've got the pro 8 with a high refresh rate you've got good battery life you've got everything you would need you don't have to worry about arm compatibility and that's why it's hard to justify the pro x right now because the pro 8 is is that good uh, Sydney 2K says, the recent Build uh Build 2022 conference just concluded as a virtual event. However, next month, there will be various in-person Xbox FanFest events taking place in four cities around the globe, including Los Angeles. Is this the start of gradual return to in-person? I believe so. I have heard that Microsoft is contemplating, trying to figure out if they can do a hybrid Ignite event. I don't know if it's happening for not. Um, just... Heard that they're trying to figure out can I have any portion in person, and so Microsoft is very much starting to bring back in-person events, very, very slowly. Keep in mind that it is a long process to get a conference center, a long process to get enough sponsors to fill out the booth. It, it's a journey to bring these things back. It's not something you can say like next month we're going to go to Orlando and hold Ignite with a hundred thousand people. Like that doesn't work. That that doesn't happen. But yes, I believe Microsoft is starting to to do that, and so uh optimistically i would think that their partner conference which is typically in the july time frame might be one of their first bigger ones that's fully in person so we will see uh miggy says what do you think of uh the kotaku article about article about game pass yes this was a hot topic this week do you think xbox needs to include more content first party or second party games finally what do you think of the declarations of the former uh microsoft exec ed freeze I'm not particularly familiar with the declaration of uh, the former Microsoft Microsoft, what happened with Ed Freeze. i got to go look that one up. But I am familiar with what happened with the Kotaku article. They came out and said, Xbox Game Pass is effectively dry content. Like, there's not enough titles. And then Xbox actually had a wonderful reply that says, Tell me you don't play indie games without telling me you don't play indie games. Uh, the hardest core of gamers, people who are always playing the latest drop, yeah, I can honestly see how you might get a little frustrated with Game Pass. I, I mean, Sni- didn't Sniper Elite just drop and it got pretty good reviews? That being said, like if if you like a specific type of game and you're not willing to venture outside that box, Game Pass may not be great for you. It really may not. But for somebody like myself who just wants to casually pick up an, an indie game here or there that I never would have played. There's tons of titles that I never would have played that I've just... You see them, and you're like, All right, I'll just give it a shot. And if I don't like it, it's you know no sweat off my back. And so that is the type of thing that I think where Xbox Game Pass excels is just broadening your horizon of the types of games you might be interested in. If you only want to play Halo Infinite, uh, Game Pass is not the the product for you. Like, if you're going to sit down and play Apex Legends for a year and Call of Duty Warzone for a year, like, that is, Game Pass makes no sense. But if you want to play a couple of FIFA titles, I mean, or the EA titles, I should say, I think there's a kerfuffle between EA and FIFA and whether there's soccer titles or football or hand egg, depending on where you are in the world, um, I I think Kotaku was just going for the cheap hits, personally. And I'm not just trying to defend Xbox Game Pass, but it's 15 bucks a month and you can play all these games. The best part is you can dip in and out of it. If you don't want to pay for it next month, then don't pay for it next month. Just like I do with uh, subscriptions. Like Netflix, we turn it off and on all the time, just depending on what we're doing. And so... Yeah. Uh, Leonard Alfred says, remember the Surface RT? I do remember the Surface RT. What's the difference between Windows ported to ARM on that machine versus Microsoft's current journey to put Windows on ARM? So, down at the core, the, the nuggety, the, the goopy center, not a ton, but Microsoft has very clearly made a lot of progress with when it comes to emulation, when it comes to app compatibility, when it comes to hardware compatibility. And you got to remember, back when they launched the servers RT, I think they announced three different vendors. I think it was like Qualcomm, NVIDIA, and I think TI might have been the third one. Uh, but they have really sort of locked in on a singular ARM platform, which is Qualcomm. At least they have a contract with them to do so. And... At the at the base, not much. I mean, it's still Windows on ARM, but now we're up to Windows 11, and a lot of things have changed. Just it's like it's kind of like saying, "What has changed between Windows uh, 7 and Windows 11?" Well, at the core, they are still the same, but uh, you know, they've compartmentalized things. They've worked on virtualization. They, they've added security layers, and they've refactored a lot of code. That it's a very similar, very similar analogy uh sherlock holmes comes and says uh with windows 11 22h done and installed both and supported on unsupported hardware uh and i thought there's nothing new apart from a little better start menu and then there's microsoft lying about how well windows 11 is doing so what is your take on where windows will go from here or better how big or small do you think the next updates will be so okay there's a couple things to unpack here first off I don't think Microsoft is going to be shipping these massive changing updates a lot. I mean, let's. there's not a ton in 22H2. Yes, there are things. There's folders and start menus. Um, there's a bunch of other little stuff where we might get tabs. I don't know. Microsoft hasn't been... To open about that. There's stickers floating around. So I think there's some things that are still out there that may not have been announced. you got to remember, Microsoft has really broken up the OS, and so they can ship things outside of typical updates, like the tabs in File Explorer. That will arrive when it's ready. It doesn't necessarily have to ship with a major update, at least according to Microsoft. So, My take is that each update for Windows 11 is going to be very similar to what we saw with Windows 10. I'm not expecting like a a Windows 7 to Windows, like Windows Vista to Windows 7, where it's like this big, massive changes dropping all the time. That was last year. That was the update last year that changed the UI. So expect just little updates here and there. And the fact that Microsoft said, hey, we're not hiring anymore for Windows, at least for the next fiscal year, which starts June 1st, uh, well, I guess now through June 30th of next year, I would expect more of the same, just little incremental updates to Windows 11. you got to remember, you have to remember that Microsoft is a business. Yes, they want Windows 11 to be great and happy and everybody to love it and use it, but it's not going to make any more money. They could jump the greatest features. They could put their best engineers back on Windows 11, and it's still going to make the same amount of money next year it's not going to jump microsoft has the market is mature for windows it is stable they need to just keep it just keep it just you know, just give it some sugar every once in a while, which is effectively Windows 11, and it'll keep the people happy. Uh, for diehards who want major changes year over year, Windows is honestly probably not going to be doing that. At least, that's how I understand it uh, from talking about, you know, hanging around the Microsoft forest. And Mr. PKI coming in at the end in his favorite spot, last question of the week. He says, let's mix things up a little different with a different question uh, because we're recording it on a Saturday, and I screwed up even reading his own thing, but here we go. Here is his question, what do you think about DuckDuckGo getting caught giving Microsoft permission for trackers? Will there be any retaliation or fuss issued, or will the story disappear in a few days? So let's let's unpack this a little bit. So DuckDuckGo is a privacy-focused search engine. They actually use, I believe, Bing on the back end, and then they announced a, a, a their own browser. And I believe it, when it comes to that browser, the DuckDuckGo had to sign a deal with the devil and say, look, we'll continue to work with Microsoft, but Microsoft says, Hey, you gotta let us track these people. Like that's just the Deal, And so I think it's sketchy. That is my personal take. I don't think it's going to wreck DuckDuckGo by any means. I mean, people will get up in arms. At the end of the day, DuckDuckGo is still better at track, less invasive on the tracking side than uh, Google or even just vanilla Microsoft at the end of the day. So it's still kind of the best one out there. But you got to pick your battles at the end of the day. And I do think this story will probably just disappear, and it's just kind of known, and that people, what people will, if I can enunciate here, what people will do is find a way to block those Microsoft trackers. You can use things like a pie hole, such as I do, and get really focused. And at the end of the day, if you're that concerned about being tracked, you're already working around some of these limitations. But either way, it, it... the The dicey part is that DuckDuckGo wasn't forthcoming about this. And then they said, we can't talk about it because our contractual agreement. And so uh, it'll be something to watch, but I don't think it's going to have a material impact on the market. Google will still continue to be Google. Bing will be second and DuckDuckGo will float around for people who want to go down that route and who are truly more privacy focused. I mean, if you're if you're truly that paranoid about being tracked, you're not on the Internet anyways. You're not using social media, and your profile and your footprint online should be next to nil uh, if you're that that concerned about it. I mean, that's, that's just the nature of the internet. You know, everybody's an ad. You're a walking data point, and people want to serve you ads. And so, uh, there you go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. My bet is not much is going to change. So either way, folks, uh, that wraps it up for this week. Love the questions and don't love that the Photos app isn't working on this PC. I've all the things not to work. Either way, uh, hopefully you had a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch all of you right back here next week.